Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Until proven otherwise, the Mets are losers. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Now, you could say it's losers with being, you know, relative, right? Obviously, they're not as bad as in years past. We talked about that all the time with the new expectations with Steve Cohen taking over. But until proven otherwise, the New York Mets are losers and the Atlanta Braves own them. It's as simple as that. And on this particular night, and we'll get to the Yankees and Aaron Judge and all that goes there. And the fact that, you know, a guy who had a no hitter. Imagine that a pitcher was throwing a no hitter in Yankee Stadium. And he came out of the game without any issue. Like, oh, yeah, no big deal. High five and smile. Imagine that. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But the Mets are the top story here. And you have a night where Francisco Lador, and I told you about this yesterday. We were on last night, or what is today now, Wednesday morning? We were on Monday night, I guess it was. And we were talking about this big series. And I'd say you know, Lindor's been struggling. He's been one of the main reasons why this team has not been going as well as we expected it to, or as well as it was playing last year, I thought Lindor would have a big series. And he got to, he get uh, gets off to a big start, hitting that two-run homer to give the Mets the lead. Alonzo follows with his league-leading 22nd home run of the year. And the big bats for the Mets hit big boy home runs. That is what this team needs to do. That is what Francisco Lindor is here for. That is what... Pete Alonzo is here for. You know, Lindor more specifically, This is these are the type of series he's getting paid to have big moments in and come up with big hits like that. So that was refreshing to see Lindor come through. Unfortunately for the Mets, the lead did not last very long. And it's really not even Carlos Carrasco's fault, who ended up going five innings and allowing four runs. But he handed over to the bullpen as Buck, I thought, handled this properly. Now, you want to talk about the lineup? That was an embarrassment going into that game. Can't agree with Buck uh, on that one. I was actually surprised to see how bad that lineup was. Vogelback batting fifth. I mean, come on. No Francisco Alvarez. Uh, enough already. What are they playing games here for with the lineup? But that's not why they lost this game. They lost this game because Drew Smith, who for some reason this organization is infatuated with, stinks. Drew Smith has never been good, and he never will be good. Enough of Drew Smith. I've heard about Drew Smith for years. Oh, Drew Smith. Oh, Drew Smith. Look at this arm. He's going to be. This is the year the Mets needed Drew Smith 
to be a trusted arm in the bullpen because they lost Edwin Diaz for the year. This is the year they needed to be able to count on Drew Smith. He's too inconsistent. He throws the off-speed stuff way too much, and he gets beat in big spots. So when Carrasco goes out there to start the sixth, he walks Olsen. All right, no big deal. Riley doubles. All right, a little bit of a problem. Murphy doubles. Now you got a 4-3 game. Now you're in big trouble. And I have no problem with that because my theory is leave the pitcher in, the starting pitcher in, until he gets knocked out. Well, this was blatantly obvious. You might have thought you could pull him after the Riley double. I'm fine with letting Buck face, you know, uh, having Buck let Carrasco face Murphy. He gives up the double. Now there's no doubt. He is now knocked out of the game. Buck goes to Drew Smith. Drew Smith's got to do his job. He doesn't get it done. He gets the first two outs, and then he gives up a double to Ozuna. So uh, you got, uh, you know, the Mets playing sloppy defense as well. Jeff McNeil not having a great night in left field. You got Ottavino coming in and giving up an extra run in the eighth inning when it could have been a one-run game and at least have an opportunity there just to be able to get one run in the ninth to tie the ball game. But Ottavino gives up a run. I mean, the the, the Mets play, and I don't like Ottavino either. I don't care what he did last year. Bottom line is, the Mets just aren't that good. It's as simple as that. Now, they're good compared to the crappy Mets teams, B.C., before Cohen. But they are not that good when you compare them to the Braves, when you compare them to the Dodgers. They're not as good as their payroll, all that stuff. You compare them to the Yankees. The Mets are nowhere near as good as those top teams until proven otherwise. I'm not saying season's over. And look, the series isn't even over. Not yet. They got Scherzer and Verlander. Go out, go figure out a way to win this series. It's still right there for the taking. The problem is this is a game up 4-1 like that they got to put away. And they rarely lose games like this. This is one where they got to put that game away. And it's a frustrating one because, again, it happens in Atlanta. And, again, the Braves have the last laugh. And, again, the Braves one-up the Mets. And, again, the premier team in the National League East again defeats one of the loser teams in the NL East. SNY showed a graphic during the game that really made me, you know, we know this stuff, obviously, but it really made me angry, sad, frustrated, whatever you may, whatever adjective you want to use. They showed the board of the NL East champion since 1995. How many division championships each team has won since 95 and it was like the Braves 17 I don't know the Phillies five or something like that the Mets you know the Nationals had a few in there the Mets had two and the Marlins had none and I was thinking yeah well now as if that's not bad enough now why don't you show the graphic of the World Series wins since 1995 and obviously, you could go back a little bit further, but from 1995, all the teams in the division. Marlins, they may not have won a division. They've won two World Series since then. The Nationals, they've won a World Series. The Phillies, they've won a World Series. The Braves, they've won a World Series. The Mets, nothing. Nothing. How is it that the New York Mets have won two, two division titles since 1995? How is it that the New York Mets are the only team in the National League East to have not won a World Series since 1995? Like I said, go back to 1986, obviously. But every other team has won in that division, except for them. 
and a division that they should have won last year, but they didn't. And a division that should be there for the taking this year, and yet the Mets are going backwards, now seven back in the loss column of the Atlanta Braves. Now, again, not going to overreact and go nuts because the series is still there for them. And they've got their guys lined up. But to lose this game in the fashion that they did, when they finally get a performance from Lindor and Alonzo together, two run homers, take the lead, make the statement, only to give it right back. You know what this game was? It was a microcosm or a symbol of what took place last year for the division. This one lone very game. The Mets came out and hit those home runs, took that lead 4-1. You know, like last year, getting out to that big lead in the division, only to have the Braves come back on them and in the end win. You know, in other words, taking, you know, delivering the first blow, and then once they take the punch, they do nothing from there. You know, and Alonzo yelling, throw it again, throw that pitch again, please, after he hit his two-run homer. And then, of course, people are going to make fun of that now. And, by the way, I have no problem with him doing that. You're allowed to talk smack. And maybe there was more of a reason to it than we know, but you're allowed to do that once you hit a home run like that. That's fair, but you're also allowed to look like a fool when the other team comes back on you and beats you yet again. And unfortunately, the Mets are in no position to trash talk anything Atlanta Braves. The Braves have been the premier team in the National League East for many, many years. And you don't even have to go back to the mid-90s. Just go back recent years. The Braves own the National League East. The Braves own the New York Mets. And until proven otherwise, the Mets are losers. Anthony is calling from Bridgewater, New Jersey. What's up, Ant? Sal, you got to help me with getting through this right now because I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to go nuts. Here's the thing. First off, and I don't want to put this all in Vogel back because I actually feel bad for the guy because if you listen to the fan every day, and I know you do, like it's like a Vogel back like hotline here. But l- 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 he does not earn the right for righty-lefty anymore. It's done. Just because he's the only lefty on the team basically now other than the catch, he does not earn the right. Even if you look at his numbers, he doesn't hit righties. So it doesn't even matter. In fact, I looked at the numbers. Canada's hitting 270 against righties. He actually had a good week last week. Sam coming off of two home runs on, on Sunday. He should be so far on the bench right now. He doesn't garner at bats right now. Well, he shouldn't be on the team. He shouldn't be well, on the team, well, but, but he's on the team. But this he's is not. No, I know. But he should, you're right. So you're saying if he's on the team, he should uh, at the very least not be in the lineup. And I understand all that. But and this is not been- about that. To me, is a separate conversation, Anthony, where we're diving a little bit deeper into the Mets lineup. This this game was not lost because of Daniel Vogelback. This game was lost because their bullpen isn't good. This game was lost because their offense isn't good enough overall. Like I said, you want to focus on Vogelback. To me, that's a Mets problem more so than a Daniel Vogelback well, issue. It's Epler, it's Buck, it's everything. But there are bigger issues to worry about than Daniel well, Vogelback. Yeah, I disagree with that. Because if you look at tonight's game, where is their two? Where is their scoring from? 
the, the, they, they scored. They had two mm-hmm. home runs. Uh, that, that was it. I mean, if you look at this lineup, right? But they had a four-one lead. I mean, the Mets I, usually I protect that. I, I, did you ever think they were going to win that game, though? Up, up, four, up four one, I felt pretty good. I'm not gonna lie to you, I felt I, pretty good. I, I, I felt good. I, maybe I felt a little, but I just didn't think they were gonna get any tack on runs there. Here's the other thing: the, the DH situation. I'm, I'm worried about that now with catcher with the new guy. They, they asked Buck today. Oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll rotate the guy. No, you're not rotating guys. Alvarez needs at bats. Like this, this is not a. I don't know how in the biggest game of the year to date. Buck can have Francisco Alvarez on the bench. That does it doesn't if, make any sense. If he's not catching, he needs to be the DH. Why are they against him being the DH? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I can't. You, I can't. Come up and hit. I can't answer that question. To me, it's foolish. And I mean, off the top of my head, I don't think he's done it once yet, right? Uh, I'm sure he's done it at least once. No, Alvarez is not DH at all. He is not Fleegs. Um, I don't think so. All right. Well, whatever. I mean, the, the point is that it's, they have it's shown idiotic to me. Yeah, the the point is that they have shown the reluctancy to make that a consistent thing and or make it a thing, period. We talked about it before they sent Tomas Nito down that they should have or could have kept the third catcher if they were worried about that. I know Buck addressed that in the pregame as well, saying that I guess he could have Alvarez DH. Bottom line, they, they just, for whatever reason, they don't trust or Buck does not trust Francisco Alvarez, which I just don't understand. And I, I was confused with this. I just don't buy it. I don't buy that this is all Buck. I, I, I you know, other guys. You don't think Buck's the making the lineup? I, I don't know. I, I mean, back in the day, we know Rojas never made a lineup. I, I think Buck has more of a say. Right. You can't tell me that he doesn't realize that Alvarez is one of your better nine hitters every night. So, I, but why is he not in the lineup then? I mean, that's. I, I, look, I don't understand it. You and I, right? We want the Mets to to beat the Braves. You, you would argue uh, <laughs> yeah, as, as much. You, you would argue we want the Mets to beat the Braves as much, if not more, than Buck Showalter does. In our lineup, we're trying to pick, put the best team out there to win. I don't understand how Buck does not have the best lineup out there. But again, I still think we're getting away from the issue at hand here. Big picture. The Braves own the Mets. This is not just about one or two players. It's about overall. No, I, I hear you, but but again, to your point though, today when you said uh, you know the bullpen, more of a reason if you don't think you know, they can, they're not going to pitch well. I think you need your best hitters out there. So like it's just, it kind of goes back well, to your point too. Well, here's why, and thank you for the call, Anthony. And I appreciate your passion with the Mets. Here's why Alvarez wasn't catching because he's going to catch tonight. Now where we are now, I got to get back on the overnight uh, train of thought with the days and stuff. This is now Wednesday morning. So tonight, Wednesday night. And by the way, nice job by the Braves and Major League Baseball putting up a two-hour freaking rain delay where it does not rain. Much like the pitchers in today's game where these managers go to the data and get these guys out of the game before they actually get knocked out, they're going to the data before it actually rains. They're going to rain delays before it actually rains. It used to be, uh uh-oh, it's raining. Break Break the tarp out. Imagine that. They're using all this data and analytics now, the way that they do with these pitchers, and they don't let them get knocked out of the game anymore. They preemptive strike. Well, I don't want to see him get knocked out of the game, so I'm going to take him out now. Even though he's dealing, I'm going to take him out of the game now. Well, I don't want to see the rain come down, so even though it's not raining, let's hold the game off for a little while, go into a rain delay, and bring out the tarp. To a point where these knuckleheads had to water the field before they got back on after a two-hour rain delay in which it did not rain. 
a rain delay should happen. I got this is very easy here, guys. When it rains. If it's not raining, there is no need for a rain delay. Good God. Anyway, what was I talking about? It's not just about the lineup. It's about the Mets aren't good enough. You can nitpick and say Vogelback shouldn't be in there, period. I mean, I'm tired of talking about it. Alvarez is what I was saying. He's going to be in there tonight catching Max Scherzer because, you know, Scherzer loves throwing to him. So it's Narvaez is back. Okay, he's going to get this start. Alvarez will probably catch. Well, he's definitely going to catch Scherzer, and I would think he's probably going to catch game three of this series as well when Verlander's on the mound. But I've been telling you for a week and a half, two weeks, their best lineup is with Francisco Alvarez in it. And you want to have Narvaez at DH, I'm fine with that too. But maybe their best lineup is with Narvaez and Francisco Alvarez. It's not with Daniel Vogelback. And to have him batting fifth is an embarrassment. To not have Alvarez in there is an embarrassment. And I'm assuming that Buck is doing this. I'm assuming Buck is the one. You know, and then even pinch hitting late in the game with Tommy Pham. And, you know, Buck did it because I didn't hear his exact explanation for it. And it wasn't a big deal anyway. But, you know, Buck did it because Pham's a veteran. Pham's a guy who's been familiar with pinch hitting. Not going to go with the rookie Alvarez. But come on, realistically, like, who do you think is the more explosive, more impactful bat? Pham or Alvarez? Like, they're treating Alvarez like a part-time player, when in reality, he's one of the best guys they got. Jesse is calling from Queens. What's up, Jesse? <laughs> hey, Sal. What's up, man? Good to talk to you again. But I'm just, I can't take it with these mess anymore. And uh, they're silly people. I mean, like, you're talking about the rain delay and stuff. Like, everybody's silly. Buck is silly. Appler is silly. You know, this is this is all nuts. I mean, we know we know they can put be putting a better lineup out there, like you're talking about Alvarez and all that. This is crazy. This is nuts. We we have a better lineup. We have a better plan for the Mets than their own GM and managers do. What does that tell you? What does it tell you? And I know I I love Buck. I give him credit. He's a he's a proven manager. But now you know people like Tiki and Tini were talking about maybe it's time to blow it up and all that stuff. So now this kind of talk is starting to. To, to seep into the conversation, so and by their actions, they're not they're not helping it because it looks ridiculous. Alvarez should be in there. In the minors, he was a DH 50 percent of the time throughout his whole minor league career. I followed I followed them in the minors. They were DH on days he wasn't playing a catcher. They were DH. So what is the problem now? You had Nito. You could have kept Nito as your third catcher, and then just did that did that. Fine, and they chose not to do that. They'd rather have Daniel Vogelback on the bench instead of Nito. If you had Nito, you could DH Alvarez. Right. Well, but again, we talked about that. Look, here's the one thing, Jesse, that I'm going to say. I'm going to repeat it again as we're 20 minutes into the show. We're going to 5 a.m., the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. They did not lose the game tonight because of the lineup. I'm not saying that the lineup was good. I don't think it was good. When I first saw it, my jaw dropped, to be honest with you. I thought it was very bad going into this series. They lost the game because their bullpen isn't good enough. The ire tonight from the Met fans should be at Drew Smith, 
That's the guy who didn't do his job tonight. We don't expect Daniel Vogelback to do anything. That's on the Mets for making foolish decisions, sure. Drew Smith is the guy who deserves the wrath tonight because he blew a lead. He's got to come in and put out that fire, and he didn't do it. And then the Mets never recovered. So it was multiple things, sure. But let's not get fixated on Daniel Vogelback, who's not going to be here much longer. The, like, the Mets maybe do dumb things. They're not that stupid. They can't keep trotting him out there when the guy's just absolutely doing nothing. He's never done anything. I know the numbers were better last year. He's never done it. He's just not a good baseball player. There was a reason why I didn't like him last year. There was a reason why I rolled my eyes, and thank you for the call, Jesse, when they brought him back this year. And extended him or picked up his option, whatever they did for the million bucks that they might as well throw into the fire pit. It's not about Daniel Vogelback. Tonight's about Drew Smith. Drew Smith was one of those guys who needed... Tonight, if you want to get into specifics, is about Drew Smith. Big picture, it's that the Mets aren't as good as the Braves. The Mets, until proven otherwise, are losers. And I'm not saying that to be overly harsh or critical. I'm being accurate. They are. I know we're early on in the Steve Cohen run here or Steve Cohen reign. It's going to take some time for that to change. The facts are what they are. The Braves own the division. The Mets are the only team in the division that haven't won a World Series in recent history. The only team. The Marlins haven't won a division. They have two World Series rings since the Mets' last one. Braves, Phillies, Nationals, everybody else. Everybody else gets a Christmas card. Everybody else wins a World Series. Not the Mets. And I, for one, am sick and tired of watching the Braves dominate. I'm sick of it. It goes back to last year. That was the Mets' division last year. And they blew it because they couldn't win one lousy game of three with their three best pitchers going in Atlanta. And they've never recovered. I'm sick of it. And it's not because of Daniel Vogelback. The Braves don't have the most money in the sport. The Mets do. So how come they can't field a better team than them? Win these next two games. Show you've got some sack and win these next two games. Enough with getting beat over the head by that team. But if you want to get specific, it's Drew Smith tonight. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
WFAN, WFAN-FM, WFAN-FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things, for our planet. When buying toys for your pet, look for natural materials like cotton, rope, wood, or bamboo. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. On the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Yankees lose. They almost get no hit. How about the idea, and we'll continue with your calls here, 877-337-6666. How about the idea, and I get that now we don't even make a big deal. We don't even blink an eye anymore. We're bad an eye. We don't even, whatever, look at it twice. When you take a starting pitcher who's got a no-hitter out of a game in... You know, the the sixth inning. He goes six innings, no hit, and it's just like, oh, yeah, great job. It's like expected now. He comes out, not a big deal. That, to me, is unacceptable. And what it does is it compromises the competitiveness in the sport. And without competitiveness, without competition in sport, we have nothing. Lucas Giolito should be ashamed of himself. If I am throwing a no-hitter anywhere, You'd have to kill me to get me off of the mound. Physically come out there, rip me off of the mound, and fight me till the death to get me off of that mound if I'm throwing a no-hitter. Specifically at Yankee Stadium. This guy, Lucas Giolito, pitched his entire life. Little League, whatever, college, I'm assuming, whatever, the minor league system, his entire life. You're telling me it wouldn't mean the world to him to throw a no-hitter in Yankee Stadium against the New York Yankees? And he comes out of the game after six innings? I don't care how many pitches he had, and he threw 100 just for the record. I understand that's a lot. But let him try to finish it, or Lucas Giolito, force your way to try to finish it. It shows you that the game did not mean really anything to the Chicago White Sox. They'd rather just preserve Lucas Giolito so he could go throw another five or six innings, you know, his next start and and continue that, than do all they can to win this game today. And also Giolito himself has to be somebody who wants the accomplishment that would mean something very special to throw a no-hitter against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. And these guys... They just they just don't make them like they used to. And then you wonder why there's inconsistent performances. You wonder why these guys don't perform the way that we were accustomed to seeing players. They don't care. They're not competing. It's a business for them. It's like Ricky Vaughn in Major League Two. That's exactly what this is. Today's baseball world is Major League Two. Ricky Vaughn. I want Major League One or Major League. I want that Ricky Vaughn. I want wild thing. These guys are like, oh, yeah, you know what? I gave my six innings for you. All right, Skip, I'm out. But you didn't give up a hit, son. Ah, That's all right. Give it to the next guy. 
Let's see if we go for a combined no-hitter. You'd have to physically kill me to get me off the mound. At Yankee Stadium, no less, against the New York Yankees. Like, come on, dude. Come on. Embarrassing. It's really, it's embarrassing. And you can't tell me that because they come out of these games early or, oh, can't throw more than 100 pitches, the boogeyman's going to come get you. If you throw more than 100 pitches, the baseball boogeyman's going to get you. Well, these guys have been babied for years. How come we're still seeing injuries left and right? Happens all the time. Guys are getting hurt for the year all the time. We'll get to one a little bit later on. But guys are getting hurt all the time. They're baby. They don't throw 100 pitches anymore. Or over 100 pitches. They don't throw more than six innings, the majority of them. Why are they all getting hurt then? I mean, I was just disappointed. And, and again, I expect it. I was disappointed in the competitor of Lucas Giolito. If, if you're worth anything, if you've got any kind of competition in you or competitive nature in you, and you want to compete, you love the competition, there's no way you're accepting coming out of that game. If you struggle in the seventh inning, you know, you have to throw 20 pitches, maybe a little bit of a different story. You'd have to kill me to get me off the mound. 877-337-6666. You know, also one more thing on the Mets was Jeff McNeil. We talk about everybody's focused on Daniel Vogelback tonight, which to me is irrelevant. Vogelback sucks. We all know it. He's never going to do anything good. He never did. It's time to move on. Why the Mets have him on the team, I don't understand. Why they have him in the fifth hole, I don't understand, especially in this spot. But what about a guy like Jeff McNeil, who's your third hitter, came up in a spot where all he needed to do was get a single, a base hit. That's what he should be able to do. Jeff McNeil, of anybody on the Mets, should be able to get a base hit. Not an extra base hit, not a home run, a base hit. And he didn't do it. And his average falls to 278. For a guy who doesn't hit with any power, he can't be hitting 278. And he also was a butcher in left field where he made a horrible throw, throwing the ball to third base where he should have thrown behind the runner. That you know, helped out a big inning for Atlanta. He couldn't pick up a ball in left field. Now, McNeil's a, a, a gamer. I get that. But he had a bad game last night, and he has had a, a slow season. If not rough season, it's been a slow season. Just as bad, if not worse, than Lindor. Lindor's not doing his job all the way around with the big impact you know, hits. He's hitting 214, even with the big home run last night. But McNeil is supposed to hit for a high average. He's not doing that either. 877-337-6666. Sal is calling from North Heldon, New Jersey. What's up, Sal? Hey, Sal, before I have you talk me off the ledge, I just want to say I'm so excited to speak with you. You are my favorite, by far the, my favorite uh, host there. You are the only person that can speak about every sport, every team, and not be biased. Like, you're a Met fan, but you talk uh, highly of the Yankees regardless of what that guy said the other night. Well, but, thank uh, you. I, I appreciate the yeah. kind words. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't even listen to the guy before you. It's 90% oh, you, you don't have to get into that. You don't have to get into that. Look, I try to keep – everybody does their own show. Keith is his own, his own person. I'm my own person. 
uh, you know, the guys in the morning, midday, afternoon, everybody does their own show. So you can, and some people hate me, as you heard last night, calling up, they don't want to listen to me, whatever. I mean, uh, I, 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 to me, I feel like it's their loss. I mean, I, I personally think I'm highly entertaining, but whatever. If you don't want to listen, I can't, I can't make you listen. But anyway, I do appreciate the con words. Uh, uh, offense and defense, uh, offense and pitching. The offense, I understand we don't want to get on Vogel back and, and, you know, so be it. My problem is the lineup in general, which we, we you spoke about, but how is it that even in a pinch-hitting role that you don't have one of the top power hitters in, on the team get and even in that bat? Like, uh, you know, Alvarez, you know, has shown, you know, in big spots that he comes up with a big hit, the big home runs. And you don't even give the guy in at bat. It's, it's crazy. To yeah, I, I don't understand the logic. And I'm sure Buck is tired of being asked about it. And look, it's not the reason that they lost the game. It does get magnified when you lose the game and you don't have him in there. But before the game, we all saw the lineup and all said the same thing. Why the hell is Daniel Vogel back in there? And why isn't Alvarez? Right, right. And I, and I know you mentioned Drew Smith. But, I mean, look at this bullpen. Besides Robertson, who do you trust? Like, who can you put in and Brooks Raley would be maybe the the next best thing. I know people like Brigham. I'm not there yet with him. I, I trust Robertson, and I, I uh, Brooks Raley would be my second guy. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it, it's just like crazy. Like anybody who they throw out there, it's just like it's like they're throwing meatballs up there. It's just it's crazy to me. Well, Drew Smith has been a guy that's I don't know why Drew Smith has gotten a pass here. Drew Smith has been talked up for years as being a weapon in that bullpen. And, oh, Drew Smith is going to be a guy that we could use. Drew Smith has done nothing. He stinks. He stinks. He gives it up all the time. Gives up way too many homers. They tell him to trust his fastball. He doesn't listen. He's always getting beat on the secondary stuff. Drew Smith is terrible. He's been a big yeah, problem. And, and you know what? The GM here, I mean, uh, rule one of building a team is bullpen first. This bullpen is a disaster. Well, that's not fair because Billy Epler did build a good bullpen. When they lose Edwin Diaz, now you're taking a lot out. Think about it. They had Edwin Diaz, and then Robertson's the eighth inning guy, and then you have Raley and Ottavino for the seventh inning, and Drew Smith behind that. Now everything is a lot better and a lot deeper when you push everybody back. Instead, Diaz is out, and they have to push everybody up, and now you're seeing significant weaknesses. One loss like that, and not to mention that it was to the best closer in the game. I mean, Edwin Diaz was that dominant. So I'm not going to knock Epler for the building of the bullpen because really he did build what was supposed to be a super pen, but unfortunately lost Diaz for the year. Right, but besides Diaz, there, there's no Robertson. Power yeah, Robertson was not. Robertson was not brought here to be the closer. Robertson was no, the no, but I'm so they they brought in Robertson and Raley, the two guys who I trust. If you have three guys that you trust in a bullpen, Diaz, Robertson, Raley, that's a good bullpen. Oh, absolutely. But what I'm saying is, like right now, without Diaz, they don't even have one guy that can throw 97 miles per hour. It's just like you you see these Braves guys come out. You watch the Yankees. You see these guys come out. All of them. You know, every team has a, a one or two or three guys. I mean, I think was Miami's got like five of them that they all throw 98 or better. 
Yeah. It's just like they, they can come in there and blow people away where we got these guys that are just kind you know, of Speaking you know, of which, nibble. speaking of which, Iglesias, and this is where, and I got on Epler last year for this in the Mets last year. Iglesias was available. The Mets needed the bullpen arm last year. Iglesias was available from the Angels. The Mets, and the Braves went and got him. Okay, the Braves went and got him. The Mets did not. And I know his contract wasn't very appealing, but the Mets could have absorbed that contract because they're the richest team in the sport, and they could have had a lights-out reliever last year that could have been a difference maker, not only because you would have helped you instead of Givens from the Cubs, who wasn't very good, but you would have kept him away from Atlanta. And he was helpful yeah. with the Mets. If the Mets traded for Russell uh, Iglesias last year, they would have won the NL East. I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, anything would have been better than what we were throwing Well, out that there. is true. But you, know, you, you uh, also saw this guy. You talk about guy, and thank you for the call, Sal, and for the kind words. I do appreciate it. You also talking about a guy, you know, you were saying the Mets don't have any guys that go out there and, you know, throw heat without Diaz. Well, Iglesias is nasty. He was the Braves' eighth-inning guy last year. Fleeks, why didn't they trade for him again? Didn't we talk about this? I remember you and I having this conversation where I was like, why wouldn't they get this guy? He was available. He was a dominant reliever. The Angels wanted to dump him. They were getting rid of that salary. He's got, what, like $18 bucks a year or something? I know it wasn't a great contract. But still, why couldn't they get Iglesias last year? I remember at the time, I think we were just speculating that, well, there were injury concerns. And there were, and he's even been on the injured list this year, and... You know, the contract, which we both dismissed, like, well, that's supposed to be the whole point was the last two right. deadlines, even going back to the year Sandy was the GM where, well, we were told the Mets were looking for that kind of player where it doesn't take prospects and they could just absorb the salary. So I don't even put any stock in that. If that's the case, then somebody in the Mets messed up big time. But the other thing, I think what we heard with Iglesias was like he wasn't so much being shopped around as it was the Braves were aggressive and pursued him. Huh? But then that's something that you look at Billy Epler and say, well, you or somebody in your organization, you know, at every point in July, you have to be calling teams like at least Cashman once every couple of days and find out right. Brian Cashman does it to find diamonds in the rough. And the Mets come up with Daniel Vogelback. Look, bottom line is Billy Epler's going to have to prove his worth. I know it takes a while to see these GMs, but if that's the case, look, Anthropos has been better. I mean, you, who would you rather have running your team? I'm not trying to knock Bailey Epler. As I said, I think he's the best guy for this job at this particular time. I think he was the best hire. Understanding what it's like to work in this town. There is a difference between working in New York and working in Atlanta. He understands what that's like working for a demanding, rich, freaking owner. You know, he's going to go out there and give you all the resources you need, but you better deliver. Epler knows that better than anybody. I love the fit. However, as far as being a baseball guy, he's still got to prove himself. We've seen what Atlanta can do. And that Iglesias one bothered me. What do you got here on? You have something, Fleeks, from Heyman on this, uh, on Iglesias last year? Yeah, it's from, so it was Heyman in the post who said that the Yankees and Mets were both in on, or in on Iglesias interested, but there were other teams like the Braves who were willing to pay every single penny left on the contract. Yeah, see, that's a problem. That's, that, a, that's a that's a big Billy Epler and Steve Cohen problem. That's a big problem, and this is why I talked about this last year. I don't remember exactly what I said because almost a year ago, but I remember thinking, hey, this is a problem. You guys needed the bullpen arm. You talk about not wanting to give up prospects. Guess what? If you don't want to give up prospects, that's fine. 
But in order to get your team better, you then need to take on more money. So Iglesias was the perfect guy. And it's not that he didn't want to be a closer because he was the eighth inning guy for the Braves last year. He might have been a little bit back and forth, but they were using him in the eighth inning or different spots. Because remember, they still had Canley Jansen last year. Right. So why wouldn't the Mets go out there and get this guy? You could have gotten him and just taken on the money. That's where when people go nuts about Billy Epler for the last few months, like you even said, with like they're focused on the wrong things. That is the kind of move we had been told for years with multiple GMs. That's the move the Mets are waiting to be available. And maybe they were looking for it with a position player and not a relief pitcher. But that's the kind of thing, if you're good at this, and right now we have no reason to believe that Epler is, Anthopoulos is, that's when an unexpected opportunity arises and you jump on it. And they needed a bullpen arm. I mean, they went out and got Givens at the last second, and whatever, he wasn't good to start, but he ended up being okay. But that's not the point. You had a, a, a known thing, a dominant reliever in Iglesias. And it bothers me twice. Like, if Iglesias got traded to the Blue Jays, I wouldn't have cared as much. Not only did the Mets not get him, he goes to the Braves, and he was a difference maker for them last year. God, you don't you the, the Mets were scared of the deadline last year because they got burnt by trading Pete Crow Armstrong for Javi Baez. And they have a thin farm system to begin with, and they're trying to build it back up. I understand all that. But then you cannot make an excuse for not going out there and getting Russell Iglesias. I hated that last year. And it bothers me every time I got to watch him close out the Mets in a Braves uniform. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Yeah. We'll get to Aaron Judge in a little bit. And the Yankees, you know, no big deal. They lose the game to the White Sox. But a potential big deal, they lose Aaron Judge to the IL. For how long? Who knows? Boone didn't really get specific with it. He's hoping that it's going to get better. I don't think the Yankees know at this point. They know that it's, you know, a torn ligament in there. Uh, and that it's nothing broken, but still, I mean, I saw somebody describing it as turf toe, which could be a, a significant issue. You hate to see it with Judge. The numbers uh, are completely different, as expected. When you're talking about the best player in baseball, you take him out of the lineup, the numbers are going to be significantly different, but it is, man, it is eye-popping when you see the difference of the Yankees with runs scored with and without Aaron Judge in that lineup. They need him. I think they'll be okay without him for a little while, but they can't miss. They they can't have him missing significant time, especially with the Rays playing the way that they are. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Been mostly Mets. We'll take your calls on the Yankees as well. Dan is calling from Belmar. What's up, Dan? What up, Sal? How are you, Dan? Three, good, good. I got three words for you tonight. Who's your daddy? The, the Braves Mets will continue yeah. to get owned by the Braves. Nothing's going to change. And I'll tell you what, I am so sick of these lineups, this bullpen management. It's all bad. It's on Buck. 
It's on Epler, and it's on the players. Everyone's to blame in this mess. The players aren't performing. That's on them. These lineups are a joke. And just for the record, I heard you, you, you were talking about the rain delay stuff. That was a joke in itself, but it, I figured it out. It wasn't a rain delay. They had to use that as an excuse. The Braves were just too busy belly laughing to take the field once they saw the Mets lineup today. <laughs> now, that is funny, Dan, and thank you for the call. That, <laughs> that is funny. A belly laughing delay. Yeah, I was doing the, you know, I host the Baseball Night New York show on SNY 6 o'clock Monday through Friday. And I'm there usually 4 o'clock writing the show, whatever, preparing, and we wait word on the lineup. And once we actually, I was looking at the Yankee lineup first, and I was like, "Man, this this lineup is hideous." Without Aaron Judge, I mean, that Yankee lineup, the Yankees need an outfield. The Yankee lineup last night was pathetic. Torres, Stanton, Rizzo, okay, Donaldson, Volpe, Calhoun, IKF, Trevino, and Bowers. That is like, I don't even know how this team competes. And they barely did. But the Met lineup was, in its own right, frustrating. I saw it and I was like, come on. Like, I don't even get mad anymore. It's like, are you really going with uh, Daniel Vogel back again, Buck? Are you really doing it? And you're going to have him batting fifth, no less? What are you trying to prove? We all know he sucks. And you know it, too. Buck is a smarter baseball man than any of us. So you don't think he knows Daniel Vogelback isn't, in fact, good at baseball? Maybe this is one of those, hey, Billy, you you brought him in. You said you got to play him. The analytics and data department want to play him. Here you go. I used your suggested lineup. We went with him. How'd that work out? You know, the one thing about Vogelback, he actually swung the bat last night. Now, he didn't do anything with it, of course, but he swung the bat. So at least a good start. Ray is calling from Waterbury, Connecticut. What's up, Ray? Hi, Sal. You're absolutely right. You know, this is on Epler and and the stubbornness of Buck Showalter, the both of them. How do you not play? You had a day. You had a day off on Monday. Alvarez has to with their weak lineup. Alvarez has to be in there right away. They got to put Narvaez in because he's off to disable it. Well, and because Alvarez, Alvarez had a Alvarez is going to catch Scherzer tomorrow or tonight, later on tonight. Should be catching every day. Well, no, nobody catches every punch. day. I mean, we're, yeah, I know. we're gonna see how it works out here, Ray. You know, Norvaz is his first game back, so he got the first start. Let's see now what happens. Not tonight, because it's gonna be Alvarez tonight. Let's see what happens. I think it's gonna be telling in game three of this series on uh, Thursday. Right. And then and then he tells you and the post game show they asked him about Vogelbeck. Then he has to tell you he's not going anywhere. What are they trying to prove to us? You know, I don't know. In other words, he's telling you guys want him out, but I'm telling you right now, he ain't going anywhere. Well, it's fine. It's To me, it's irrelevant. Like, as I said, once the Mets moved on from Daniel Ruff, I was like, okay, well, now what? Because Mets fans have these guys, they get in their crosshairs. And I understand it. Vogelback has been in mind since last year. So everybody's now joining the party. He would never be on my baseball team, period. And, you know, Mets fans get now fixated on Daniel Vogelback. He's not the problem. As a matter of fact, the Mets probably keep Vogel back around even though he can't hit because he's a distraction. You guys are all focused on him where the real problem is much deeper. It's much more significant where it's Lindor and Marte and McNeil all struggling, even Alonzo with the average. 
These guys are all struggling to perform consistently. That's the problem. The bullpen, Drew Smith, he's a problem. Drew Smith blew this game tonight, and yet everybody is talking about Daniel Vogelback going 0 for 4. Why? Right, Sal. What is, Drew Smith had a good fastball. He gets to the secondary pitches. Go, go with your fastball. Live and die with that in that inning. Well, I mean, that's something that I thought it was Verlander. You know, there were reports saying that Verlander in spring training uh, told Drew Smith, you got a good fastball, stick with it. And since I heard that story come out wherever that was, I've noticed Drew Smith continues to get burned by his off-speed stuff. So either he's stubborn or he can't hear properly. Maybe he needs to get his ears checked. But if you're not listening to Justin Verlander or what you're getting advised by the veterans in that staff, then I'm not sure what exactly he's doing. You're absolutely right, Sal. And, and, you know, Escobar should have knocked that ball down up the middle, too. That was a poor play. Yeah, they didn't play great defense. Even Escobar. I mean, do we need to see him in there? And thank you for the call, Ray. This should have been a game one of the postseason lineup, and it was anything but. The Mets treated it like a, you know, April game against the Pirates as opposed to, you know, it's early June, I understand that, and there's still plenty of time to go. Still 100 games left, a lot of baseball left. 100 games. Wow, look at all that. But they are playing a team that has owned them historically and recently, dating back to last year. This is an important series. And so far, the Mets again proved that the Braves are the premier team in the division. Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Val? On the air, I thought I was gonna have to hold for a minute because I know everybody's excited. The return of the king of the of New York's overnight. What's up, Star Baby? <laughs> Val, how are you, man? Appreciate you you taking I, the time to call. I'm good, man. I'm gonna have to make sure I called in tonight, but we got you back. Mm. I, I I I feel bad for the wife and and the kid at home, and I feel bad for you because I know you got used to that schedule. But we need our overnight king back, son. Well, so I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I know I appreciate that. Uh, I got to be honest with you, I'm a, a little sleepy at the moment. I still got two hours to go. It, it's going to take a while to get back onto the schedule, but I do appreciate the kind words, Val. What do you got for me this morning? You know what, Sal? I'm trying to be patient, but this situation that's going on right now, and I know it's only a day or two, but it has me concerned. You said it, and I've I've called and I've said it before, not to you, but to other uh, other talkers uh, on the fan. I personally believe that Aaron Judge is the most impactful player in baseball today, especially on our team, because when he's out, everything changes for us. Every single thing changes. It is so so dramatic and so drastic, and it is so obvious how much our team is built around him. That being said, the way that they're coming out with the news about him and the the, the little dribbles that we're getting mm. since it first happened is really concerning me because that makes me think that this could be a little bit more time than I actually have to give. If you're talking Agreed. about a week and a half, two weeks, you know, I, I, I it's going to hurt me and it's going to kill me, but I could try to bear it. But if this becomes something like they're talking about when the swelling goes down, what does it look like? If this is something that goes on into a month, a month and a half, that could be a real concern. I think we're talking about, I I think you're right, Val. Now, I don't want to speculate, but I'm getting the exact same feeling you are. The fact that it was, you know, they dragged it out all day, all night long to let us know. Then they said he is going to the IL. The type of injury that it is, even though it's not broken, which would have been a disaster, 
I don't think this is a good thing, and I do think it's going to be more than just a 10-day IL stint. Two things they said that scared me. One was Aaron uh, Boone talking about we're hoping for it shorter rather than later. Anytime he starts talking stuff like that and mm-hmm. trying to flip the opposite on you, it's because he's concerned about the same thing that, that we are. And the second thing that, that, that scared me with that is when the way they keep saying, because this happened, what was it, Saturday or Sunday? Mm-hmm. And we're still talking about the swelling not going down yet. So they Saturday. Don't know that, well, they, that's, they, that's, did, they did that's say why. it went down, but it's still got to go down more. And then, and then the next thing I need to know, if you know anything about this, if anybody needs, knows anything about this, this is the only thing that can kind of sustain me for, for right now. I need to know how far away I am from getting Harrison Bader back on the squad because that's a great point. You know, like 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 I feel like like Giancarlo is somebody who can carry the team on his back in in moments. I feel like Rizzo could do that in moments, but both of them, not that they're not aggressive and not that they're complacent. But they're guys that, that the game comes to them. They're not people that like jump out and take opportunities and take moments. Beta is a gamer. He's the kind of guy that like, you know, he sees adversity and he jumps in like, yo, so what can I do? It's not and just, like, you're right, Val. It's not just Judge, and thank you for the call, Val, and for the kind words. Appreciate you. It's not just Judge. It's Bader. Those are their two most important players in that lineup. I said this. And when the Yankees got them back, when Bader came back against Tampa Bay several weeks ago now, and then obviously Judge, you know how impactful he could be. Bader is, now he's far behind Judge as far as being the most important, but I think he's second. He's second in line. You could overcome not having the inconsistent Stanton. You could overcome losing Rizzo for a little bit. Really, anybody else doesn't really matter, but Bader, he's right there with Judge. Or uh, not with Judge, but he's second to Aaron Judge. And look at the Yankees' outfield. John Carlo can't even play the outfield at the moment. Who are the New York Yankees' outfielders? IKF? Jake Bowers? Willie Calhoun? Yankees got no outfield. They got to get Bader back ASAP. And I don't think that's happening either. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law